Welcome to season two of the Warriors of Education podcast, bringing you heartwarming and real conversations with teachers on the front line of education across the globe. I'm Karen Sarah Watson. I'm not only the host, but I am a teacher. This podcast is for people who want to better understand the experience of today's teachers. Come join us. Welcome to the Warriors of Education podcast season two. Today, I am so excited to have on Blair Minchin for all the way from Edinburgh, Scotland. Thank you so much for coming on. You're my first international interview, so this is such a thrill for me. Um, Blair is a primary teacher um, of six years based in Edinburgh, and he works in an inner city school teaching primary six. Blair, thank you so much for coming on today. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. I'm going to speak in my best English voice and not my Scottish voice. So you understand. Oh, I love the Scottish voice. <laughs> your listeners so understand worry. me. <laughs> Thank you. I know, I know. I, I, I trust me. We we love the Scottish accent over here. So, um, so tell me, um, I, can you just tell me a, bit, a little bit about yourself and primary six? Can you tell me what that is because it's very different than our school system here in the United States. Yeah, so um, in Scotland, um, every child uh, has a nursery place between ages three and five. They don't have to take it up, but it is offered by the state. And then they enter primary school. So we have primary one to primary seven, uh, which is about 12 years old. Um, and then they go straight to high school and high school lasts until 18. Uh, so there's no, I think in America you have kind of middle school, don't you? And then a senior phase, but we don't have anything like that over here. Yeah, England have, is a little bit different. But we, yeah. have, <laughs> we have pre-K that's sort of built into, into elementary school and elementary goes up to fifth grade. Middle school is sixth, seventh and eighth. And it's not like this everywhere. Some places go from, you know, um, elementary school to middle school in one school. And then high school is grade nine through 12. Right. Okay. It's inter- I follow so many American teachers on Instagram that I feel I've got a vague understanding, but it's still quite a mystery to me. So <laughs> I want to say, speaking yeah. of Instagram, this is how I found you. Um, Blair has uh, Mr. Minchin, as he's known on Instagram, has the most fabulous Instagram page. And I recommend everybody go on Instagram and find you. You have the most fun activities. I adore your Instagram page. So um, I just want to mention that. Um, Thank so you so much. Tell me about- <laughs> Tell me about teaching there. What, like, what, yeah. Yeah, so I think in key things in, in Scotland, um, we have, we follow what we call Curriculum for Excellence over here, which is a very uh, free liberal curriculum, which allows for a lot of teacher autonomy. Um, we kind of group um, outcomes, if you like, um, into quite broad things. So for example, with the reading, there's lots of different um, outcomes that we have to cover, but we've got like three years to get kids where they need to be, if you like, so or where we hope that they will be. Um, so things like I can identify different writers' techniques. That's like an outcome. And obviously as a teacher, that is amazing because you can take that into any story, into any nonfiction book. You can go through so many different avenues. And, and I think we're very lucky in Scotland uh, that we're allowed to do that. However, the criticism of our system um, is definitely that some people would like more structure uh, and more guidance as well. Um, and what that leads to is like different councils bringing out their own progressions and own pathways for learners. Um, so you'll find actually that whilst we're all using the same curriculum, 
uh, certain subjects can look a little bit different in different parts of Scotland. Um, and there's a lot of talk about um, equity. But I'm saying that, do you know, we're all doing the same thing. We've got a wonderful community here. And because we're such a small country as well, we're very well connected with our learning networks. And uh, I think every child in, in Scotland is getting a really good deal uh, educationally at, at the moment. So, yeah. Right. Do you have unions? Do you have unions in um, education there? We do, yes. Uh -huh, yeah, um, there's a few different ones. Um, they really just uh, look at our, um, um, our working conditions, especially during the pandemic as well. Uh, they've been doing a lot of, um, well, a, a lot of press releases and a lot of uh, speaking with politicians about what schools needed and what teachers felt about the situation. Um, but they have very little, actually, unions have very little to do with our curriculum. We have a body called Education Scotland, um, and that is, it's separate from the government, actually, it's its own entity, and they um, bring out the curricular updates, um, lots of training for teachers, and um, yeah, kind of lead the way for the profession there. Interesting. So it's, it's each, is it each school for their own, or do all work in conjunction with each other? So I'll be honest, every school in Scotland, we kind of had this thing that every setting is unique. So even though I'm in, in the capital city, um, within that capital city, every kind of area has its own needs. I work in a school which is very close to the sea, right next to the harbour. So we do a lot of work there and we tie a lot of our curriculum into the harbour, the sea life and that. Whereas another school at the other end of the city that's nowhere near the water, they wouldn't be you know, tying in their learning in that way. Um, so yeah, it's, we really try to personalize and, and bring the community into our schools. Um, it's something Scotland's worked on, I know for the last oh, last long time, I guess. But it's, um, yeah, really trying to empower and make the school a real community hub yeah, and empower, sorry, families and, and carers, yeah. <laughs> So you mentioned something about global, um, global, 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 can you tell me about global goals as soon as I can pronounce it? <laughs> no, no worries. <laughs> well, what is, um, <laughs> so the UN had these global goals. They wanted to reach them about seven years ago, but they've extended it to 2030. They are 17 goals that cover everything from poverty, hunger, inequality, uh, education, climate action, sustainable development, uh, all of these uh, goals. And uh, yeah, and, and they're hoping to achieve them by 2030. But part of that mission is in, in getting young people engaged with them, uh, learning about them uh, and, and actually working on them, really. Um, and so in, in Scotland, we have a big push on what we call global citizenship and sustainable learning. And that kind of covers everything, really, from me, the Black Lives Matter movement all the way to, you know, Greta Thunberg and, and marches for climate justice. Um, and so when I looked at those global goals, they're lovely, colourful boxes with lovely, rich icons. And I thought they're really good, actually, for kids to, you know, really engage in. And so all I did was I said, right, we're going to look at this. And we made a wall in our classroom. The kids made the wall with the goals. And I said, we're just going to see if we can link our learning to these goals. So like at the end of every day, I said, could you link what we did in maths to one of the global goals? So the kids were like, oh, innovation, because we were creating new things. And it slowly started to drip feed there. And it, it, it became this wonderful, uh, really organic um, wall display in my class, but was is really purposeful and meaningful for the kids. For example, we ended up setting a food bank 
in school. Um, we've ended up uh, creating a happiness squad because health and well-being is one of the goals where people stand outside the school with wee banners saying, you're awesome, you rock, thanks for being here. And this is great because it all comes from the kids as well. It's like, oh, we were learning, you know, about posters. Where could we take that? Oh, maybe we could make some happy posters. Maybe we could forget the posters. Maybe we could be outside with signs. And that's kind of how it spirals. And um, yeah, so the global goals have been really transformative for my class. <laughs> that's incredible. And you do, is that some of the stuff you put on Instagram about around your global goals? Yes. Uh -huh, yeah. So I kind of, um, I wanted to run with them. And I'm a big Pixar fan. And um do you know as well, it was after the first lockdown and we were coming back in Scotland. So primary, I was with a primary three, so quite young children. And they were the first to come back after the summer. But lots of, well, a few of them really didn't want to come back to school. Um, they were quite reticent. I think a lot of time at home, worried as well. And I thought, I've got to do something here that I'll just blow them away and make them want to come back every day. So I themed my whole room around the movie Cars. I brought my car into the school, had the bonnet open and everything. Oh my um, God. Yeah, we did, we did it all. And I got the lights and the smoke machine and the sounds and, and we made this massive, the whole class was a racing track. And I just thought, let's just make it as amazing as we can. And they'll love it. The problem was that they loved it so much. They were like, are we going to do another movie? And I was like, um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah we could. So then I set myself this target of trying every Wednesday to try and outdo myself and we pick a movie and every lesson is linked to the global goals. So for example, with my primary six, now I'm still continuing this. So with my primary six tomorrow, I'm doing Shrek. But to give you some examples, so in Shrek, in, I think, oh, what's the king? Lord Farquaad, the king, uh, what's all the fairy tale creatures out of swamp because he thinks they're weird and they're no normal. So that links to inequality. And so we've got a lot of discussion tomorrow and a lot of activities about fairness, including people, linking it to real life events, but all through like this Shrek lens, if you like. Um, so yeah, so little bits like that. And also like in, in art, we're doing potion making. So just a, a cup of water, clear cup of water, and then I'm gonna give them just loads of paints and they're gonna see if they can make secondary colors, uh, tertiary colors by mixing the paints. And then we're going to make, um, I call them global goal potions. So to say, you know, what, how would you make the colour of that potion and what ingredients would you put into it? With my P3 for health and wellbeing, it was like two spoonfuls of laughter, uh, a little sparkle of friendship, um, you know, things like this. So, yeah, so that's how it all merges together. And it's, it's lots of fun. Oh, a lot of work, but it's lots of fun. Wonderful. <laughs> it's, I'm so, it's, so, it's so lovely to hear about this because I feel that they're pushing our, our children so much, at least here on, you know, heading towards like, we got to get them to college, we got to get them college ready. And even in elementary school, I feel like there's a huge push and there's not enough time for play, which is one of the things I really admire about you. And I love hearing about because play is so important. Is this part of your belief in like the restorative practice? Is this, does this lead into what you, your, your love for restorative practice? Oh, I think, yeah, the two are definitely intertwined. Um, it, Scotland's done a real push with play, especially in the, the first stage of school, the primary one. Um, there's a, there's a, strong, a strong voice coming through now that our nursery should really continue into primary one, even into primary two. Um, and I know some schools are developing what they call a one which is like a P1 nursery, a one <laughs> Um 
and more and more teachers as well seeing the power of play are continuing this. And so there's just this summer, I was speaking with Scottish teachers and we were sharing ideas about what we call play in upper primary. So we're still doing play now, even before, in the final year before they go to high school. Obviously the nature of play changes, you know, so it might not be, you know, playing in a, in a doll's corner or with a kitchen or things like that. But it, if it's even playing with number, playing with words, playing with letters, these sorts of activities, you know, are, are still play. Um, but that being said, I'm getting out the figures, I'm getting out the puppets with my guys who are 10, 11 years old and they're loving it. So and, and to see, you know, that, yeah, to see them like delivering, you know, creating a wee kind of role play scenario with the puppets. And then I'm saying, oh, could we turn this into a script? Where could we go with it? It's just, it, it really, really is great to see. Um, so yeah, and I think that does link to restorative practice because learning through play is a lot about child's voice, you know, empowering their voice. And I think restorative practice for me, uh, when it comes to, well, people call it behavior, I call it relationships, but you know, um, it's about listening to the child. It's about giving them an opportunity to speak and actually helping kind of direct them um, rather than saying, these are the rules of our school you didn't do X, Y, and Z, and so here is your consequence. You know, that's something we really try to avoid. Um, um, I know, yeah, across Scotland, I don't think there's a school in Scotland now who isn't following a restorative practice approach, which is lovely. Um, yeah. <laughs> that really resonates with me because I'm a theater teacher. And so um, everything in, 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 in my world as a teacher is about play and bringing that and how important that is. And it's, it's sometimes, it can be sometimes difficult to get my administration on board because they're so um, tunnel vision about testing and, and moving ahead as opposed to kind yeah. of really living in the moment of as a teacher. And I think that's something that you do that I, I love. I use puppets too. And it's funny because I do puppets with my younger kids and every once in a while, I'll just break one out with my fifth graders and they'll go crazy. And and it's true that it does last up to the upper grades. And it's so important because it's not, it's not like they get to fifth grade and suddenly they think, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't play anymore. That's not what they're thinking. It's, 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 they mm -hmm. want that, but it's usually taken away from them because these are the testing grades. Now is testing a big thing there? Where, where are you with that? Oh, that's a, that's a really hot topic. So for years in primary, Scotland didn't have any tests, none at all. Um, we, we used to do a little bit, you know, but it was for teachers only, for teachers' professional judgment to see where kids were uh, and to see what support was needed. Um, a few years ago, the government brought out the SNSAs, which are the Scottish National Assessments. So this is primary one, primary four and primary seven over here. Kids sit a test and that res those results are in a table. Uh, now, the government was very clear that the table wasn't ever going to be turned into some kind of league table, you know, where schools would be racked against each other. It was for teacher professional judgment and it was to inform our practice. But we, uh, there was a worry in Scotland that if you make that information, you know, if you collect it as a government, people can get freedom of information requests and, and make a table. And it's been, the SNSAs have entered their fourth year. But this year, I, a newspaper in, in Scotland, a national one, decided to take a freedom of information request, take all that information and make a league table. 
out of it. They really detailed it as well. They went city by city and they named the top five and the, the worst five according to those results. And um, I'll be honest, already discussion on Twitter, on Instagram, but even in my school, of course we're talking about it. And we're worried now about what you know families think, about what communities think um, as well. And it's, it, it's, it's a little bit worrying, I'll be honest. Um, and it's, we're very much kind of seeing what happens now. Our exam system after the pandemic, our um, Scottish Qualifications Authority is having, well, it's been eradicated. They're having a whole overhaul in Scotland at the moment. So we're waiting to see what happens there as well. We're promised by the end of next year, we'll have a new exam body. So a, a, a real time of change in Scotland, but not exactly sure. Yeah, it's way above my pay grade, so I have no idea <laughs> what's going to happen. Right. But yeah, a real, a real time for change in Scotland. Do they, do they evaluate teachers based on testing? I mean, does that happen there? No. I know that I've got a friend who teaches in New York, and I know he says that, is it your pay sometimes in some states and some schools? Your pay is linked to your results? Because here, non nothing like that at all. Not happens. in New York City, because I'm in New York City. I, I'm in Brooklyn. Right. And, um, and right. you know, that, that it's not absolutely not your pay, but the rankings of your school, what is linked to testing also is funding. And, you know, Maybe that's what it is. Some of the, some of the funding can be linked to, to testing. And also they use it in a huge way to evaluate teachers. If your kids are testing low, that reflects on you as a teacher, you might get a low rating and that might affect your status in your school or you, it might even lead to being excess or, you know, if you're not tenured, even let go. <laughs> so it's, it is insane the amount of emphasis mm -hmm. on testing here um, and how it's overtaken just regular education. Because yeah. I notice that come first grade, they're already in test mode. They're already talking about test mode. And, um, and you know, thir three, four, five, third, fourth, and fifth grade are testing grades. And it's and literally most of the years is, is taught about test prep. So you're missing out on the other types of education because so much emphasis is on that because so much is writing on those test scores. So yeah. I, I love the fact that it's not the same where you are and that um, it doesn't have that significance. And I wish we had that where we are. Yeah, it's, it's interesting though, because just in the last few years, seeing where the SNSAs have led, you, we're not we're not anywhere near that yet i'm glad to say and I'm, I'm sorry you're having to face that kind of situation and that pressure but i can see how things would spiral quickly and so it's yeah it's very interesting to see what will happen in the next it's year a high, it's a high attrition rate with teachers there's a huge turnover um a lot of teachers leave because the pressure is just too much and you mm -hmm. know we don't, certainly don't get paid enough to make it worth kind of going through the suffering of that you know yeah. um, and so again it's it's i'm glad that in other parts of the world you know it is not about that so i would love to get into um the pandemic and what happened where you are and how you guys rode that through and, and are still writing it through we're still very much in a new phase of the pandemic yeah um yeah so when it struck um do you know my prime i had a primary seven 
and that's their last year before high school. So they have, they didn't have, we don't have a prom in Scotland, but we have kind of, you know, things that we do at the end of the year to celebrate it. And they were due to go on an adventure camp for a whole week. And it was the Friday we got told that school was shutting and we were to go on camp on the Monday. And our kids were just, oh, there were so many tears. They're so upset. And it was kind of, you know, you didn't know as well. So we were like, well, you never know. Like, we might get back together for a week even before the summer. You don't know. But it, it never happened. Um, so I really felt for those kids going up to high school. Um, we did as much as we could. So we worked on Microsoft Teams. And uh, it really was just, I mean, literally, you know, one day you're in school the next. After It was a weekend and it was like, right, online learning. No, it's <laughs> so it was kind of like... Same with us. Same yeah. So you're just like, you know, right, here we go. Let's let's go for it. We had we had a few days warning that we had to get signs set up. So we got all our kids onto Microsoft Teams. They weren't already there. We sent out a thing to parents saying, you know, we're gonna put lessons up here and and, and good luck, <laughs> basically. And then it was, yeah, we were just flying off the seats um, of our pants, as we would say in Scotland. Um so we put lessons on Teams, we put it on Twitter, we put it on YouTube. We just wanted to make it as accessible as possible for our, our families to get a hold of. Um, it went okay. And then we came back after the summer and I had primary three. And we were in, throughout the pandemic, primary three were in from summer right till Christmas. Um, we, yeah, um, break times and things had to be changed. You couldn't mix with any other classes. Playground was segregated. So you were assembly. live. So you were live with the kids throughout it. Yeah. So um, yeah. So from August until December, I was in class with thirty-three kids. Okay. Yeah. Um, which was, I'll be honest, at times a little bit scary. Um, but because the rest of the country had locked down, you knew that parents were out and about mingling and things you know unless they were key workers um so yeah we were very lucky actually our school had no outbreak at all we didn't have a single case in our school which for a, a city well you know it's the capital city was incredible every other school had it so we were very lucky and then we uh, we had to lock down in, in scotland again in january until march and this time i was ready I was ready to pimp. I knew what works, and I was like, "I'm going to do this." And so I set up my own YouTube channel and started posting videos there, uh, and and they became really popular and <laughs> were used quite a lot. And the kids responded so well to it. We still had to use Microsoft Teams, but because my kids were only six and seven years old, you know, try like type, login, all these sorts of things. Where you know it's it's difficult for them, especially if mom and dad were, or or sorry, single parent or carer, granddad, whoever you know, we're working or busy or whatever. It was really difficult. So I knew I had to make it just as accessible as possible. So I put every lesson on YouTube. I made them all like video <laughs> lessons. Love it. Some I of them were like an it. hour. Yeah. Some of them were an hour long. Some of them were a 10 minute scavenger hunt. And I put it on in a thing called ThingLink. So I, I was sending out like a, a, just a sheet with the QR code on it. And so they could just, all the kids as well, could just scan it with whatever phone or tablet they had at home. And we had to make sure they all had that as well. We got some funding to help from the community. So they all had it. So they just scanned it. And then I could update that thing link every day. So it would be different every day, different activities on it. And it was just me literally sitting at home, annoying my girlfriend, 
because I'm screaming and shouting, doing mad things in the background and in the kitchen, making like, you know, the lava volcanoes with the salt and bicarbon things. And she's like, she's an accountant, like, I am busy. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Um, yeah. And, it, and we rode through it. And um, yeah. And then everybody came back in, in March. And to be honest, we're back now. And it's, it's, it's not 100% there. We're still not allowed to have assemblies as a whole school. Um, but it's business as, as usual for us. How is, the, um, how, is, how is the COVID rate with you right now with the whole Delta variant? Um, so we, we recorded just yesterday our highest number of cases in Scotland in a single day. I think it was 7,000, which for Scotland, I mean, it won't sound a lot in America, but in Scotland, that's a lot. Um, so yeah, we know it is kind of ripping through communities, but we haven't had a death in, in a while. And so I think the government believes the, the vaccine. I, I'm saying the government, the scientists, I have no idea what I'm talking about here. Um, but yeah, I think, I think they believe that the vaccine seems to be working over here. Right. And I would say as well, like we have the vast majority of the population here is vaccinated. You know, there's 5 million people in Scotland and we've got 4 million that have had both doses of vaccine. I think it's about four and a half million have had them all. So it really is just the kids who need to be vaccinated. And um, that's a that's a debate that's ongoing. Are I'm not going to wade into that one. Yeah, no, 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 it's okay. We won't make it political. Um, are you, are you, yeah, because we, it's, it's, it's cray cray here. As we say, crazy here. Yes. <laughs> yeah. With the um, vaxxers and the anti-vaxxers and the maskers. Yeah. And the Do you wear masks yeah. in school? So um, with the kids, no, but when we are in staff meetings and outside meeting parents at the gates and that, yeah, it's masks on. Um, but with the kids um, at this stage, no. Okay. Uh, we were previously, but uh, not anymore. But you said so, that there's very low cases there. It's, it's, um... it's in, in primary schools, uh, the cases are low. In high schools, you're seeing quite a lot of kids at the moment. Right. Yeah, getting it. But again, their symptoms are mild. Uh, the deaths and the, hospital the hospitalizations are very, very low. Yeah. So I think the, uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't want to get into well, I don't want to say anything that you can say. Yeah. Yeah. You get scared not having a mask and being around kids who, because the kids can't get vaccinated yet. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest. Now I've been double vaccinated. And had I was double vaccinated a few weeks ago as well. I I do feel kind of emboldened, and I think maybe it's it's a a bit of a bit of a false bravado as well because I was in with my P three class for all that time when other people were it, and, and you know you end up thinking, well, it's still in my head. I'm like it's very dangerous, you know. And when we go out, it's always masks on. I'm very careful out in public, but in school. Because I got through the main bit, you kind of think, well, oh God, you got through that, you know, you'll, it's likely you're going to be okay, but I feel safe enough, put it that yeah. way, I feel no, safe no, enough, no, no, but it's, you know, it's always in the back of my head, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's just, it's, it's different here, where it's like, there, there's a whole, there's a mask mandate, which I'm personally very glad about, um, in terms of, you know, not having to bring anything home to, yeah. to, you know, to my husband or my, my mom or anything, but, um, it's a, it's a really, it's, it's a, it's a really, uh, difficult subject to even talk about too. So I won't, we're not going to get into it yeah. that much. I just kind of was curious about how you fared yeah. 
through the pandemic, but it sounds like you just didn't, you ended up doing this incredible work. And are you on YouTube as Mr. Minchin? I, goodness me, yeah, I am, yeah, I had to, I had to just get it for the kids, so I was like, I'm just going to have to become a YouTuber, so yeah, so I'm there I love it, I, I just love it, because <laughs> I want people to be able to tune in and see some of your lessons, I just, I get such a kick out of what you have on, on Instagram, and I, I think it's, I think it's great for people, also, um, teachers all over the world to share their work, and that's the wonderful thing about Instagram and YouTube, is that we can see what other people are doing in other places, but I think we're all, you know, we're we're all in it together as teachers because we all want that what's best for the kids for the most part. Yeah. And, um, and I just, and I think the work that you do is just, um, amazing and, and creative and fun. And I, I, I wish we as in where I am would, would look at that and say, we need to have more play in the classroom. It's, it's so incredibly important. Um, I wish we had more of it. I'm, I'm definitely envious of that. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, I couldn't really agree more with you. I think, you know, childhood is for play, isn't it? And I think what you were saying about such a big focus in America on getting kids to college and that, but there is, there's a big push here still, you know, to, to get kids into university. But I think in the last wee while, we've, we've started to realise Scotland is, again, has been looking at what we call positive destinations. So we're not counting kids who just go to university. We're counting kids who get an apprenticeship, who go on to further uh, learning or, or further um, education in fields of, I don't know, uh, becoming a mechanic, uh, becoming a joiner, um, a decorator, a cook, a chef. Um, all these things, you know, are, are all feeding into what positive destinations for schools. And I think that's really good because I, I feel that when I was at school, that was never talked about you know the push was you need to get yourself to university you know get yourself to university you'll be fine get yourself to university you'll be fine we got told that and I think my generation especially found out that that was not what we needed we needed to just be encouraged into things that we were passionate about um, and, and we probably would have made it out fine <laughs> right. and so I think that's what we're, we're doing now with kids we're understanding that if they've got yeah do they teach vocation in school? Like, do they teach mechanics and things like that? Like skills in high we, school? We do, we're, yeah. I mean, our curriculum is, oh, the curriculum in Scotland is seen as, as largely a skills-based curriculum. Um, I know there's that debate online that keeps coming up of skills versus knowledge. Um, Scotland kind of walks a, a very, again, a, a very free and broad <laughs> line between those two. But we are very skills-based. Um, it's not uncommon at all, especially in high schools, to have your kind of workshops and people coming in and kids going out for a day uh, to go and get work experience and that. Um, that's and that's becoming more and more common. I know. Uh, I know schools that have got hairdressers like set up, so uh, beauty salons, things like this. So you know the girls who want to do that and, and the boys. Sorry, goodness me, that's me being very sexist. Apologies. No, no, Any no, no. child who wants to pursue that. Because when I was in when I was in high school, we had vocational school. Like we had, you know, um, mechanics and and you know even in theater, co you know, customers and all, all these uh, yeah. all these vocations. Yeah. And they stopped that. And I I love that Scotland is picking that up. I'm I'm hoping that it, I'm hoping that maybe in some far off way it can be a leader in the world that people can look at your system and say 
this is probably working a lot better than knowledge is important. And I think there is a, there's a yeah. fine line between knowledge and, and skills. And I think you, I think you need both. I don't th I think knowledge alone is not going to get you a job out of, out of right out of school, right out of college. I think you, you have to have some sort of skills. So I think that's incredible that they do that. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a long way to go and, and, and Scotland talks a, a strong game, a, a loud game at times about being world leader in, in, in many things. Um, I, I think we have great aspirations and I think we have great values and a real commitment. Uh, are we there yet? No. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of work to do, but I, I, I truly think that when I look at the profession and, and I feel very lucky, especially on Twitter, to be so well connected with so many teachers in Scotland. Um, I really do think we've got some fantastic people working in schools and driving that change forward. But as I say, there's there's a lot to do, especially coming out of the pandemic when a lot of people have lost jobs and we're facing the, an increase in poverty. Uh, yeah, it's going to be tough. So. It's going to be tough. But I think with people like you driving the force, I think that um, you make the world a better place. So I just um, thank you so much for sharing, you know, what you've done there. I, I, when, when I put this out, I'll, I'm going to put your Twitter and your in your Instagram and your YouTube, because I really want people to experience what I experienced finding out about you. And <laughs> just really honored that you took the time in all of our busy schedules to come on and um, and talk about what you do. Not at all. It's, it's very humbling to be asked. And uh, it's lovely to, to make connections um, across the world. Um, yeah, I've, I've, I've spoken to a few people in America, but nothing like this. So it's been lovely to to connect and hopefully uh, speak again at some point yeah. in the future too. <laughs> we'll definitely, I'll definitely keep in touch. And um, and I'm just thank you for this little window into your world. It was just so exciting. <laughs> and thank you for being okay. on the Warriors of Education podcast. Magic. Thank you again. Cheers. Thanks for tuning into Warriors of Education. This podcast is produced by me, Karen Sarah Watson, edited by Alitza Renzi, and recorded in Brooklyn, New York. Make sure you subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you download podcasts. If you are a teacher or know a teacher who would like to share a story, contact us at warriorsofeducation at gmail.com or on our website, warriorsofeducation.com. Teachers, we hear you, we see you, we honor you. Thank you.